Welcome to Software Security Chat Chat, episode 266 for the 2nd of December, 2017. I'm Chester Wisniewski with John Shire coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. G'day, Chet. G'day, Mike. It's fun uh, being out here for the B-Sides and uh, Canalis events in, in Western Australia. We've been out here in uh, Oz for uh, the better part of a week now, and uh, it's been quite fun visiting with some of our partners and customers and, of course, uh, the, the, the SOFO staff here in Australia. So a bit of a nice change this time of year. Absolutely. And, you know, we've been traveling quite extensively throughout the world, and it's uh, kind of nice to get down to a place that's summer when we're in winter back in the Northern Hemisphere, however brief it is that uh, we're down here. So, yeah, good to be uh, traveling down here, meeting everybody and just happy to be uh, warm again. Yeah, even a couple hours of cricket match here at the university uh, in, in West Australia and qu quite impressed with the event here. So this is the, the inaugural B-Sides uh, for Perth and uh, pretty good lineup of speakers. Saw some great talks today and, and for, a, for a beginning B-Sides, I'm quite impressed as someone who helps organize the one in Vancouver that, you know, had a capture the flag, had a lockpick village, uh, you know, th th these things are really difficult to organize for hundreds of people and for, for a first... Uh, for a first run at the event, everything's run pretty smooth. Uh, although we did see one MacBook uh, end up having to have a video camera pointed at it uh, in order to to get uh, to get it projecting. But uh, I blame Apple. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, no, it's great uh, to see this event. And I, what I'm pleased to see is that there's just a very good, varied mix of people here. There's uh, there's a lot of women. There's a lot of children here that are participating in the different events. So just uh, really nice to see the community embracing this kind of event. And uh, it can only be onwards and upwards from here. Absolutely. And I, I had the privilege of doing the first talk at the first B-Sides here in Perth. So that was quite flattering and cool. And uh, But we got a lot of news to talk about this week. And one of the stories that caught my eye off of Naked Security was uh, the uh, Coinbase uh, decision by the IRS. Now, uh, one of the things that a lot of Bitcoin traders have been enjoying is that they think somewhat the anonymity of the currency might allow them to um, take their their gains as we've been seeing Bitcoin go through the roof price-wise without having to pay tax on that and it looks like the IRS has decided to draw a line in the sand at least with uh, American currency traders. Well you know the government does not want to let any opportunity to grab tax revenue off its citizens go by and that's not just obviously the IRS or or the U.S. It's many countries operate that way, where if there's an opportunity to grab tax revenue, they will. And it just seems that that's exactly what's happening here. Is there's uh, one, they want to make sure that people are that are investing in bitcoins and are maybe getting some some capital gains off of their investment are actually paying the tax that is owed to them under the law, and uh, that is owed to the IRS. That is, and uh, also, you know, this might be an opportunity to maybe grab some people that are doing some illegal things. We have that law in in many Western countries where you can't bring more than ten thousand dollars cash into the country, and that's usually to uh, um, to curb things like money laundering and, and shifting money in and out of countries and in this case they're they're setting the bar at an arbitrary twenty thousand dollars yeah the, I guess the concerning thing if you're a Bitcoin uh, trader is now you kind of have to make a choice between safety and uh, trust I mean there, there's a lot of rather dodgy Bitcoin markets that will let you trade in and out but if, as we've seen uh, they've had databases stolen currency disappearing mysterious vanishing bitcoins all kinds of random stuff happening that is pretty uh, hard to account for now of course organizations like Coinbase that are legitimate U.S. companies that have registered with the, the financial authorities, etc., are far safer, of course, to to buy in and out of. But uh, some people may not like having to pay their fair share of taxes. I, I think my answer to that is they're just going to have to suck it up. I completely agree. I think that's just the case. If you're going to do, you know, do legitimate business within a country that has a given set of laws around uh, tax reporting and taxation, you're 
just going to have to play ball. Yeah, I think I'd rather give the the, uh, the IRS uh, their take than risk losing all my Bitcoin on a dodgy exchange out of Sri Lanka. Now, for uh, uh, bugs uh, of the week, I think uh, Apple wins the prize. Uh, in uh, OS X High Sierra, there was a, a, there was a vulnerability that uh, when the uh, elevation of privilege prompt, that dialog box you get whenever you try to do something privileged on OS X that pops up, uh, would ask you for your password. Uh, you could put in your username as root, and whatever you typed as the password would get set as the root password. So that, that was rather uh, concerning. I guess I didn't really want to get into the bug too much. If you're interested in the bug and knowing the details about it, Duck did a great video that's on Naked Security that got posted to Facebook Live around kind of all the details around the bug and all that. But to me, it's back to responsible disclosure. I mean, Apple had to try to patch something like that in a day because it was disclosed on Twitter rather than uh, through responsible disclosure processes. And I think this is a really great example of why you ought to give companies a chance to do the right thing with responsible disclosure, even uh, uh, even if you're not confident that they will, because you, you really ought to give somebody more than 24 hours to be able to solve something like that. Well, to be a little bit fair to Apple, it seems like they had uh, almost three weeks potentially to actually solve or to, to discover this bug because somebody had mentioned it on their support forums. And after that, it was then disclosed on Twitter. So uh, who knows, right? Like there, there's some opportunity here, I think, to use responsible disclosure as an example to say approach the company give them the chance and the time to fix this flaw so that the majority of users aren't impacted but i think they did respond fairly well and fairly quickly uh so who knows right it, it could be that somebody else had independently discovered this and then reported on twitter or it could be that uh you know the person who reported on twitter was the one that read it on the apple form that apple missed so who knows well yeah but but i can't expect companies to read every post to their forums to know whether somebody's uh disclosing zero day vulnerabilities by accident in public forums i mean the truth of the matter is if you know it's a security vulnerability like the person who posted to twitter did there is a it is quite irresponsible to 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 expect apple to have to respond that quickly uh, upon initial notification not to mention that uh you know apple did respond really quickly which is great but then they introduced more bugs by accident because they didn't really have the appropriate amount of time to qa uh that process Properly. So uh, I stand by defending Apple, which um, if you want to mark that down in your notebooks, uh, it was December 2nd, 2017. I said something nice about Apple. Moving along to disclosure, another kind of variation of disclosure uh, was the news this week uh, that some journalists discovered there were more than 500 people targeted in the uh, uh, fancy bear email attacks, the APT group that allegedly was uh, interfering with politicians' emails during the U.S. election campaign in 2016. And it sounds like even though the FBI probably had the same list these journalists have as to who was targeted. The FBI didn't seem to notify any of the victims. And to me, this is um, irresponsible behavior on their behalf, just like the person who dropped zero day on Apple, from my perspective. It's really odd, isn't it, that uh, they had the knowledge, they, they knew the people involved, yet they didn't do anything about it. And of course, the FBI is not going to come out and say anything about that, at least not in, in a time frame that's going to be acceptable to anybody involved. And why they only picked the two out of the, the rest is really a mystery. But yeah, you would think that if a foreign government, sorry, an APT group is going to be doing something against uh, your politicians, your elected officials that, that govern the land, that you may want to give them some fair warning. And so it's just a very puzzling situation. Yeah, Fancy Bear is definitely not the GRU. Nothing to do with the GRU. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless the 190 politicians who were contacted by the journalists uh, all were sworn to secrecy and lied to the journalists, which seems quite unlikely, it sounds like they were still unaware more than a year later. And that's even scarier, right? Because it's one thing to, to uh, potentially have allowed uh, interference with the election 
but it's even more concerning to think that uh, you've allowed continuous access to that potentially important data for more than a year, especially if those people won the election or now part of government. Yeah, that's putting the P in APT, isn't it? Yes, very persistent. Uh, I want to wrap up with uh, both a little bit of Australia and a little bit of positivity, um, as we typically like to do here on the Chat Chat. And I uh, saw some stories in the news this week from uh, the Mozilla Foundation about Firefox working together with Troy Hunt, who's quite famous here in Australia from uh, Surfer's Paradise in the Gold Coast, who runs the website Have I Been Pwned, where they seem to be teaming up to warn users who may be using Firefox as their browser when they go to sites that have had all the passwords dropped. I think this sounds like a good idea. You know, it's unclear right now what the uh, the application or how they're going to do this, how they're going to actually uh, put this into as a feature into the browser. But I kind of like the idea of helping users that aren't aware of Troy's services, or have I been pwned, users that aren't in the regular security mindset, users that aren't in our industry, and just giving them a hand, right? Just letting them know that, hey, there might be a problem with your identity, with your email address in this case, uh, having been compromised in a breach, and giving the user that, that fighting chance in, in going to either uh, change their password or just even having that notification. So I think this is a good idea. It's, like I said, we, we don't know yet how it's going to be applied, but uh, you know what? Good on Mozilla for doing that. Yeah, the implementation deal details will have to be worked out, but uh, you know, awareness is uh, incredibly important, and I love, to me, this feels like the browser war is heating back up again, and I just, I'm, I'm excited that the way browser are going to compete with one another is on security like sandboxing tabs and warning you about privacy violations and password uh, thefts and this is cool right like Apple, Microsoft, Google, Mozilla. I want to see a battle royale over giving me the privacy I desire. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think that if uh, the other browser manufacturers are paying attention, uh, this might end up being a, a, a good thing for anybody who's, who uses a browser. And uh, as the listeners can probably hear, there's a bit more crowd noise coming up, which means that uh, the day is over now. Yeah, the day's wrapping up, which means we probably need to wrap up Software Security Chat Chat episode 266. As always, for the latest security news, please go to nakedsecurity.sofos.com. All of our podcasts are available on TuneIn, they're on iTunes, they're on PodTracker, wherever you may find great podcasts. And until next time, from Perth, Australia, stay secure.